As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly post-game podcast. My name is Kev Dan, and we're going to be here talking about the Jets losing to the Broncos soundly, 26-0, the Broncos' home opener for the season. Broncos going 3-0 and on the season as well. Uh, not only to mention that this is a, the, the third time the Broncos have shut out a team in the last 15 years. So, fantastic stuff. Lots of good things to talk about. There are some concerns and some questions. And David and I are going to be breaking those down for you all here uh, on the podcast. But before we get to that, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you share. Uh, Don't forget about all of our other Orange Weekly uh, content from our live shows uh, and uh, the the pregame podcast as well. Uh, We got you guys covered when it comes to everything Denver Broncos related. So we're glad to be here with you all. But that being said, it is time to talk about the Broncos 26-0 victory over the New York Jets as we get ready to face the Ravens this next weekend. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the Orange Weekly post-game podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's up, Broncos country? Kev Dan here, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly Postgame Podcast. Uh, we got a special guest here today. David is filling in, uh, and so glad to have uh, have some crossover with um, the uh, the pregame podcast. And yeah. you, know, you know how much we love you guys, and right? Right? How right? Much we respect you guys. Sure. Yeah, I was just gonna say it seems like it feels like crossing over the dark side a little bit here. I'm not <laughs> entirely sure of my surroundings, but we're gonna make the best out of it. Um, it's certainly the easier of the two podcasts, me being here. Uh, so I, you know, I can just because all, all I have to do is come and talk about what happened. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Well, to kind of compare how easy it is, you know, to the to the pregame podcast, you know, I made my own little prediction mm. last week uh, that didn't come true, uh, which was that the Broncos would have a touchdown on their opening drive. It didn't come true, and I have, you know, nothing happened to me. So it's true um, enough. It was yeah. it was easy. I could have I could have said anything there, and um, right. You know. See, and I I didn't remember it, so there would have <laughs> wouldn't have been consequences. <laughs> However, now that you reminded me of it. Uh, I do have to take you to task for being wrong and, <laughs> and foolish for it. Uh, silly, silly prediction of yours. Uh, be better at predictive football analysis. Okay, I'll work on it before I uh, join the pregame podcast with you guys. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, as everybody knows, uh, the Broncos are three and zero after uh, beating the Jets barely. It was a close game, David. It came oh. down to the wire. Yeah. Um, oh. 
26 points. That's a, uh, it's, you, you really came down to the very last second there. Every possession counts uh, and all that jazz. Um, the, uh, let's, let's the very not... nice lady sitting next to me in the stadium was like, we should let them score a touchdown. I feel bad for them. And I was like, no, <laughs> we're no, none of that. Stop it. Zero percent. Zero percent a chance of that, and that yeah. was awesome. So, third time in 15 years, actually, that the Broncos have scored uh, or have uh, had a shutout. Mm-hmm. Last being in 2019. So, think about it, how rare it is, and we'll break down uh, what that means and kind of where everything falls. But uh, it'll just start big picture, David. What do you think about you know how the team played and uh, kind of what you saw from the game there, man? You know, I think I was encouraged by a lot and it left me with more questions too. I, I, really? I, I just don't know if I learned really anything from this game, even though it was 26, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I learned that Teddy will continue to be a consistent producer, uh, efficient to the point of, you know, being the most efficient quarterback in the league maybe, or, you know, staying in that top 10. I think we, we may just see a top 10 at quarterback efficiency rating from Teddy at the end of the year. Um, but you know, you've got the injuries coming out. Of course, you've got more mm-hmm. questions than answers in the, in those positions. And we'll talk about all that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, one of those games where you, you, everybody expected the Broncos to go in and play well, it was just kind of a question of how well, you know, and they, they win 26, nothing, but they only score two touchdowns. You know, the, mm-hmm. they've got some issues in the red zone that they really need to iron out. Um, they play really, really well on defense. Um, but you know, there's injuries along that offense now. It's, it's, it's not, and it's not a shutdown defense right now either. You know, that's the other thing. It's it's a good defense. I think it's a very good defense. Mm-hmm. It's flummoxed two rookie quarterbacks and a bad veteran quarterback at this point. And yeah, plays on your schedule. Um, I do okay. think that this game against the Ravens is looking better and better with each coming week. I I, I really think you know we'll, we'll get into that much later on in the week because we're talking about the Jets game now. But I mean, Kev, do you did you have a lot more answers after this game than questions? No, um, yeah. I think um, you know what I what I do feel though. I you know, I agree with pretty much all of what you said there. What I take away from this is, you know, people are out there saying Broncos fans, especially you know, because non Broncos fans are going to say this for sure. But Broncos fans are saying, well, yeah, we're three and zero, but you know, the combined record of those three teams are 0 and 9. So it doesn't really matter. Look, at the end of the day, it's it's an NFL team, you know, and if it, if it had been a really close game, like I was joking about earlier, yeah, then I'd be a little, I'd be concerned, you know, um, but we, we shut them out and have a shutout in the NFL at all is incredibly hard to do. And it's a incredibly rare thing, um, not just for the Broncos three times in 15 years, but I mean, how often do you see that during, uh, during a season, you know? Right. So right. I think that's uh, you know, we did what a good team should do to the worst team in the league. Well, we have the highest point differential of any team in the NFL. That means we're outscoring our opponents by more than anybody else in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. Um, we are allowing 8.7 points per game on defense right now mm-hmm. um and we are the number two uh, ranked DV, uh, team in the league by dvoa um combined offensive and defensive dva dvoa right now mm-hmm. um one of the most predictive uh, traits uh for the people who um, put dvoa together football outsiders is teams that beat bad teams soundly 
mm-hmm. it's not as predictive to beat good teams by a big amount of points because you just you don't usually beat good teams by a good amount of points. Two good teams in a game together is usually a close game one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So the most predi- one of the most predictive things you can do is beat bad teams by a lot. So and that's what the Broncos are doing right now. Right. Uh, what it means down the road, I mean, we're going to find out very quickly. Um, yeah. You, can, you know, the stretch upcoming is is tough, but they did what they were supposed to do, quote unquote, in these first three games, right? Oh yeah. I mean, to kind of put them into perspective, I mean, uh, three weeks ago before the first game, you know, and throughout all of the off season, pretty much once we learned our schedule, we were saying Broncos need to be at least two and one mm. uh, to have a chance really looking good down, you know, for the rest of the season. Now here we are best case scenario, three and oh, uh, with 14 games remaining. If you think about it, all if we go 50%, if we go 500 in the next 14 games, we will end the season at 10 and seven. So all we have to do is win half the games and we are going to be a very solid playoff contender. And I think we're going to do a little bit better than that. Um, Absolutely. You know, I think there's some current concerns with, with health, you know, and we'll get into some of the player injuries we saw. Um, but, you know, you're talking about, you know, what kind of questions I had leaving. I think just overall uh, I, I'm seeing a very well-rounded Broncos team. I'm going to, we'll talk about special teams, minus special teams, uh, a very steady offense and a very steady defense. Yeah. Uh, and that is what's attributing to, it. I mean, how many times over the last five years have we said we could be winning these games if we don't turn over the ball and we have zero interceptions. Uh, we have a rookie, a rookie mistake from J- uh, Javante Williams last time. I wouldn't be surprised if he slept with the football uh, last night, just, you know, you know, cuddling that thing and going to be, you know, duct taping it to his arm for the week or, you know, something like that. Real, real close. Yeah. I mean, it was a good defensive hit and everything, but uh, I think that that's the ball he should have held on to. And he knows that. And um, so there's the touchdown we lost right there. Um, So yeah, there are some things, but, but look, this is as good as we could have asked for. We've had three easy teams to allow ourselves to work out the kinks, find those mistakes make those mistakes where it's not going to kill us. It's not going to harm us in a game. Uh, it causes us to lose a game. Um, and now we have, boom, game on. You know, our real season starts now, I would say. Um, and and I'm feeling good about it. You know, I really think that we can go f- better than 500, especially when you look at, um, you know, when we'll get to it when those weeks come. But, you know, the the Chiefs, I think, are very beatable. I think we can beat the, the Raiders and the Chargers. Um, there are some tough teams out there, but, uh, I think we can do it, you know, and, yeah. and, and talking about, are we going to have a, uh, it's going to be more of a, you know, are the Broncos getting that wild card slot versus, you know, well, you know, 20 things have to happen before they get into that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about it a little bit more, uh, in detail. How about on offense? Let's start there. Um, yep. what did you like that you saw out of? Teddy Bridgewater, uh, the passing game. Let's start there first. Um, yeah. Obviously, KJ Hamler goes down with the injury. That's you know ACL out for the year. Um, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick especially stepped up. Uh, what did you like, and what do you think we need to see improvement? Um, well, the you know with Hamler being out, you know he he's only had um, I think his average is just under 15 yards per reception. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's had 10 targets or something this year. Um, so it's not a lot. It's more of the threat he he possesses when he's on the field. You know, defenses have to pay attention to him. He's not the number one targeted guy, um, but his speed uh, make him 
a problem, right? Sure. And so what what's going to happen now is without him, we're going to have to find a way to create uh, something for defenses to worry about more in place of, of Hamler. So, um, uh, you know, I think we're really going to need to lean on the tight ends a little bit more. Noah Fant, get him more in, involved. Um, you know, I really, I really love how uh, Teddy spreads the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, he has, he throws the ball to so many different people and time and time again, we see him make his progressions. Um, you know, we're sitting there in the stands or we're watching it on the TV and like, Oh, he's going to go long. You know, he, we can tell he's looking for it. Uh, and it's just not there. And he checks down, he makes his, pro, pro, uh, um, he makes his reads uh, and he throws to the player that's open um, and, and not trying to force anything like what we've seen uh, as much as I love the guy drew lock, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think that's going to be our saving grace. It's not like, um, uh, I'll, I'll just use the Browns for example, and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when when he is out there, that's all. At least in previous years, that's all that they target. They just target OBJ. You know, uh, and so you ask, well, why does why does the team do better when OBJ is injured or when he's out? Well, it's because now they have to spread the ball around to other players. You know. Um, we are already seeing that from, from Teddy, where he tries to get everybody involved in that's just through smart football, right? Um, really utilizing the run game, being smart with the passing game, uh, and, and just chewing up the clock. Right. And then when that opportunity is there, deep ball down the field, uh, and that, that just kind of keeps uh, the, the defense from stacking up the box. So that's kind of what I'm liking from the deep, from the offense where, you know, yes, it sucks that we don't have Hamler now for the year. We're going to get Jerry Judy back. Um, but it's not like we lost our star player and now we're screwed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, Teddy was really looking deep on a lot of stuff that just wasn't there this week and had to, had to come shorter, but you could tell that those first second reads were the deep balls and he wanted them. Um, it's going to just be a case from go- going forward of who's going to be able to step up. Cause mm-hmm. you're right. They've going to have to lean on those tight ends more. Alberto, um, Noah Fant combining for you know three catches for 20 yards is not going to do it going forward if you're out Jerry Judy three to six more weeks uh and you know of course now KJ Hamler gone for the season uh Broncos did today just sign David Moore off the Raiders practice squad he has played um looks like some games with Seattle uh, as well um you know played well there um couldn't get on the field for the Raiders uh, this offseason we will see if he can bring that speed element or at least that threat of a speed element back to this offense and be that kind of Z receiver that they need. They mm-hmm. did not, you know, go in, out and sign another big body guy, which is good because that's not what they needed. Um, so he does at least bring a little balance to that receiver room, different kind of body, similar to Hamler. Um, you know, all due respect to Deontay Spencer, but I don't, it's just not really a role that he can fill on offense. Spencer's a returner. Yeah, absolutely. He's not a receiver. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. no, he'll be out cool. there for some of those, you know, uh, empty sets and whatnot, but he's not a receiver. Absolutely. Um, what now? All right, let's let's pivot a little bit to the run game. They scuffled a little bit. You know, you see 125 yeah. yards rushing for the day and you think that's, you know, pretty good. Uh, but, you know, 3.3 yards per carry. Um, and, you know, a ton of those rushes were just coming at the end of the game in the fourth quarter where mm-hmm. the Broncos were really just sitting on the lead. Um, they were up 23 nothing. Just not looking to give that up, make a right. silly play. Um, I, I wish they had been a little bit more aggressive there. I wish I had seen a little bit more of a uh, passing game mentality from 
uh, Vic Fangio at that point, not letting the score dictate how you play, you know, game plan a game, going out right. there and executing your game plan every drive. But it's, you know, it's, you can hardly complain about the result. Um, but yeah, 3.3 yards per carry. What did you see out of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams this week? So one thing to keep in mind is the Jets defense isn't terrible. They have we, some good players and on we their t- defense. And we did talk about that a lot on the yeah. pregame podcast. And we we especially mentioned that that line, Quinn and yep. Williams on there. You know, a lot of guys on there, but yeah, that's their that's kind of the strength of their defense with CJ right. Mosley out there, and he made his presence felt for sure. He did. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple times I think it was Gordon, um, but I, on the one vicious. yard line, yeah. I mean, he hit a brick wall. Gordon was going to score that play, and Mosley came yeah. out of nowhere and annihilated. Yeah, him. yeah. So and Gordon's not a small guy either. It's not very easy to just stop the forward momentum of somebody that big. No, no, not at all. Uh, and so um, it, that was expected, to be honest. I wasn't expecting um, a, a huge run game success. Um, you know, I would like to see, obviously, Javante Williams, one, not fumble that ball. Uh, but two, uh, you know, we've seen what he can do. He can just break tackles left and right. Um, but they were just doing such a good job at tackling at that, those, that foundation, that basic of tackling that they were bringing him down. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's, well, that was to be expected. Uh, and so uh, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, I think the other, you know, future teams we face aren't going to have as strong as a, as of a run defense and uh, it's going to pay off. So sure. um, now we that's kind of to- where I'm at I, again, you know, I see what you're saying with with Fangio and and kind of just going out there and executing our game plan, man. Almost at that point, I can see why he might have, mm. why he did what he did. Look, we already had a couple injuries. We haven't talked about Glasgow or um, um, uh, Reisner yet. Reisner, yeah. Both um, starting guards go down during the game. Neither, not sure the status of either right now. Right. We'll probably find out more on Wednesday, to be honest with you, um, if not tomorrow. But uh, hopefully nothing too bad. We'll have them back next week. I think we'll be you know huge if we can get at least one of those two back next week. But so we've already had three injuries in the game. The team is feeling good and confident. I don't I, I, I don't think that, you know, it would have been good for the team to end on. Uh, you know, an interception or, Oh, look, now they got 14 points on us in the last two minutes or something, you know, like I think it was good to just, Hey, let's kill the clock. Let's, let's play smart football. Let's go out there uh, and, and just kind of kill the game that way. Right. Uh, And now we're going into this stretch really hyped up, feeling really good about ourselves, uh, limited the mistakes. uh, And, and so I can maybe see why he might've gone that route, but um, there is an argument to what you're saying as well, you know. Well, and that's my concern is that when we are getting into these tougher, this tougher part of the schedule against good teams, you're gonna have to have that aggressive mindset. There's not yeah. gonna be a lead so big that you can protect it, that you can just run out the clock on it. It's not gonna happen for mm-hmm. a good portion, if not the rest of the season. Uh, so yeah. you, I think you've just you gotta be, you've gotta have that mindset ingrained. You've gotta be able to switch to that or just have that going really in, mm-hmm. in these games coming up. Cause otherwise I just, I don't know, you know, if you get behind even a little bit, it's so hard to come back from it against teams like that. You've got to have mm-hmm. that aggressive mindset at all times. I think. Yep. 
Agreed. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, we're going to be in positions where, you know, we don't have the lead and it's, you know, mm-hmm. we might be in a, well, we not might, but when we find ourselves in a two, a two possession deficit, you know, down by 10, down by 14, how does the team respond? You That's know, it. how, you know, what does the play calling do? Is that when we tend to start making more mistakes because now we're forcing things. Right. Um, and so you're, I think that's one question that uh, it's just going to take time to see, you know, what does steady Teddy do in those situations? You know, that's how does it. he, you know, lead the D de- lead the offense uh, and turn things around. I think our defense is in a position where they're going to keep us in these games. Right. So mm-hmm. um, this is where everyone who's talking about steady Teddy. Okay. Well, that's, that's what we need. We need somebody who can make plays, but not force them. Now we're turning over the ball and making our, you know, the situation we're in worse. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, you know, exactly right. You, the Broncos have only trailed by four points at any point this season maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, what, and you know, with this defense, they're going to keep you in games, but at a certain point, the Broncos are going to be down 10 to somebody and mm-hmm. how that, how the offense responds, it's going to be really, really important. What do we see out of steady Teddy then? Um, I'm excited to find out. Cause honestly, I think it's going to be really, really good and really surprising to people, but, but we'll see. Um, all right, what do you think? Have we have we covered the offensive side of the ball? Anybody? I mean, shout out Tim Patrick again. He says today yeah. he didn't think he played that well. Um, five catches for ninety eight yards. No seems, man, he seems to me to belie that point. But yeah, he he clearly had some issues, some some things that he wants to work out on his game. Yeah. Um, if he does come back next week and play a better game, so much the better for the team, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, you know, they obviously wanted, I think they started the game with him out there a little bit more. They wanted Cortland Sutton, who's clearly still not feeling a hundred percent, you know, and had a huge week last week to get a little bit more rest, but he's just going to be forced into action along with the rest of them. Now, unfortunately, Kendall Hinton's going to see a lot more playing time too. Uh, It's going to kind of be just all hands on deck for this receiving core from now on. At least until we get Jerry Judy back, Yeah. Um, you know, and to, to get him back when we do, you know, hopefully after the bye week, um, starting up then from, you know, have him in the second half of the season, basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think our offense is in a good place. And to be honest, for the first time in years, I can look at this office and say, wow, give these guys another one, two or three years and some really solid draft picks. Mm-hmm. This offense can get, you know, I mean, they can be really, really good. Yeah. You know, if you think Javante Williams is good now, he's only going to get better. Absolutely. You know, um, and who knows what's going to happen with the, the quarterback situation. I mean, one, if we keep Teddy, if the, he's playing the way he's playing, or we do get some big name uh, quarterback to come in and take over. I mean, I think this team is, you know, showing you how close that they really are. And, and again, you can make the argument that they were the three worst teams in the league that we beat, but you know, we're, we're playing sound football, mm-hmm. you know, and styles. that's what we haven't seen at all for five years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more note uh, about the offense, uh, just talking about injury players, maybe coming back this week. It sounds like there's a chance Mike Boone may be able to start practicing again. Okay. Um, probably wouldn't be in, in available for the Ravens game, even if he was to start practicing, but in the next couple of weeks, we might be able to add him into the mix at running back, which I think will be a big bonus for the offense. Oh yeah. 
you know, now you just have that third element out there, right? Um, yeah. You know, Crockett got some runs in late in the game, obviously. Um, but to have Boone, you know, it's, um, you know, I think once Boone went down, you know, I think we've missed, um, we've missed having that third strong running back, you know. You know, we um, had absolutely, and you, you saw uh, the first regular season snaps. Uh, I think he's an undrafted rookie. Uh, Demaria Crockett um, came mm-hmm. out and got a, a couple of snaps at the end of the game there for the Broncos. But yeah, yep. I think Boone adds something a little bit extra, a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's switch it over to the defense and maybe talk another bit, a little bit about another player who might be getting ready to practice again. Ronald Darby closer. Doesn't sound like maybe he's starting ready to start hitting the practice field just yet, but the time frame for him may be Steelers game if we're thinking about a return as well. Um, so that's good news. Um, yep. But, you know, everybody else, you know, thankfully uh, we made it out. Did we Did we make it out of I know I, I, I'm a little bit jaded here. Did we make it out of the game healthy on defense? Did we have any big injuries there? None that I can think of. No, I think we, I think we made it okay this time. Um, Justin Stranod, I think, had played really well. First game, first game starter um, at did. inside linebacker. Um, I think, you know, obviously the secondary played really well. There was a couple of moments where there was a little bit of a loose, uh, a hole in the coverage here and there for Zach mm-hmm. Wilson to hit, but that's, you know, that's, that's football. Um, he's going to, people are going to complete passes against you. And he still finished the day um, with uh, 19 of 35 for 160 yards, four and a half yard average mm-hmm. uh, and two interceptions. Uh, right there at the end of the game. One was a you know tip drill ball, I think, that wasn't really his fault. But um, the other one, Justin Simmons, just came in and grabbed it. He was late on the throw, and Justin Simmons just took it right away. Um, yep. What did you see out of the defense that you really, really, really impressed you? One coverage, you know. Uh, the the We are number one in the NFL when it comes to our coverage grades per PFF. And that's without Darby. That's with a rookie in Pat Sertan, right? Yep. Um, so it, it's kind of, oh, oxymoron. It's a rookie, but it's Pat Sertan. So which one is, you know, <laughs> the bigger factor there? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and he's he's playing lights out too. So the the coverage is allowing us to get to the quarterback and have those sacks get in his face. Uh, and, you know, now they're, those quarterbacks are – Throwing the ball away, um, you know, making bad throws, getting flustered, especially late in the game. Um, you know, it's all tied together. And so uh, from the defense, you know, I think we played a hell of a game. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this defense is definitely going to be, I think, a, a top three defense by the end of the season. Uh, for sure, I could see that happening. Um but the overall, I mean, I have no complaints from what they did. Um, other than it would have been nice to have a pick six, but now I'm just getting greedy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The two interceptions at the end of the game there, um, just fantastic. And um, I don't know why the Jets are calling timeouts at the end of the game. It's like, guys, just stop. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we beat you. Like, let we we'll let you go home if you just stop calling timeouts. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, man. So I don't know. I liked it. I think there was one thing that's a little concerning to me right now is that the defensive line does not have anybody that is consistently winning one-on-one besides Von Miller. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah, Malik Reed, Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris. Nobody right now is dominating 
except for Vaughn. And, you know, that's, I mean, it's, it's hard to dominate on a level like Vaughn Miller, but I want to see, I would like to see a little bit more consistent production uh, from somebody else yeah. besides Vaughn. Um, it's, you know, Bradley Chubb being out is what it is. Um, you know, it's, we can talk about him closer to the bye week. It doesn't really do us any good to talk about him right now because he's not available. Um, right. So, you know, Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper, um, you know, had a couple of good snaps from Cooper. I think I saw a pressure or two from him. There was a couple of times Jones was in the backfield. It's mm-hmm. just, you, you've got to see just a little bit more out of them on a play from play by play basis because there was too many times out there where, you know, Zach Wilson was able to just stand tall in the pocket and the coverage was there on the back end. But it was just a little bit excruciating for a couple of plays to try and watch them get home and not get there. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, now that you mention it, you know, I, I would, it's kind of surprising we haven't heard Shelby's name a little bit more. Right. You know? and, and he um, did have a sack in this game, but I think it really was did. more of a coverage sack than anything else. Um, yeah. Uh, you're right. You haven't but had a three games. Ball. Right. Haven't had a batted ball from him in this season either. So yeah, I expected a little more from him, but it's, you know, as Ayla would say, maybe they just need a little more time to gel. Yeah, you know, uh, and I can remind everybody about the Orange Weekly hair gel that's uh, coming to stores near you soon. Um, uh, just kidding, we're not we're not going to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. It'll be interesting to see how those players, uh, you know, what they do because now we have bigger fish to fry. Literally. I, I mean, um, this was a, a good warm up you know teams don't get you don't get this a three game easy start to your schedule um to work out the kinks and as Ayla would say gel you know you, you don't get that opportunity and so now what are the broncos going to do in general you know to yeah. step up and say hey we've had those three games you know game on like now we really have to because if we think for an instant that it's going to be like playing the jets every week you know we're going to find ourselves in a world of hurt in no time. So and I don't think that that's where they're at mentally, but um, they've got to get it into an extra gear, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to hear what you all have to say on the pregame podcast. You know, the, uh, the Ravens have a lot of injuries just like we do. Um, you know, I think we are favorited by one and a half points right now. And I think that's probably just because we're the home team, um, but that's going to play in our favor. Um, yeah. And so, you know, yeah. the Ravens just won on a 66-yard field goal. Uh, against the Lions. Put up, yeah, put up 19 points against the Lions, which was one of the worst defenses in the league uh, mm-hmm. until, you know, this week. Uh, and may still be for the rest of the season. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, there there's reasons to think that that team is vulnerable. Um, but there's plenty of reasons for, to, for them to think that about our team coming out of this game as well. And those injuries that you were mentioning do play a big part in that Um, strong team win all the way around against these jets. Um, I don't know, Kevin, what do you think? Do we, do we talk any in depth about the special teams? They, they really didn't allow, thank goodness, anything, you know, they had that, the one kickoff return because of the, that was aided by penalty. Uh, Brandon McManus physically couldn't kick it out of the end zone because he was backed up 15 yards by that personal (laughs) foul. Um, you know, I don't, I, I remember the jets getting a penalty on that return anyway. So there wasn't a lot of to do, even if they had did return it a little yep. bit longer than normal. Uh, but you know, just another, at least they recognize the weakness and are willing to adjust to it by just kicking it out of the end zone every time they can. 
Yeah. And that's the easy thing. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to, to kickoffs, that's easy. I mean, McManus has a leg. Dude, go out there and, and, and just, you know, make it unreturnable. Done. Got it, coach. But what still concerns me is the punts. Yeah. Thankfully, we didn't have to see many punts this week. Uh, and, um, you know, when we do punt, you know, we, we get good punts for the most part. The coverage um, is, is usually de- there quickly. But in this case, we had a, a tipped punt that was almost did. a blocked punt. It should have been a block. Yeah, absolutely. Because that guy was completely uncovered. Like, nobody nobody had him. He was yeah. completely unblocked going in there. I think 99 times out of 100, that would have been a fully blocked punt. I think he was just so shocked at not having anybody touch him. That right. He was just a, a, a half a step late. Yep. And yeah. Oh, man. You're right. And in a, a, a better team is going to make you pay for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Something that needs to get fixed. It's, but it's, that, tell, that, that points to coaching, man. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. But uh-huh. here's another example of Tom McMahon. And why the hell do we still have him as a coach? You know? Just, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, buddy. I don't know Jeez. how to answer it for you. At this point, I'm all ranted out about it. That's how yeah. I am at this point. Well, fact of the matter is we're not going to fire the special teams coach midseason, I don't think. Boy, it's, it sure you would know. be nice, but yeah. Um, it would be nice, but I mean, what are we getting – like, what are they going to be able to do midseason? I mean, this this goes back to a um, an offseason thing. And yeah. what was the front office doing? You know, you could have a full-on conversation about – you know, would ownership have a, you know, if we had an actual owner, would, you know, this be an issue? Because to all of us looking at, at the Broncos organization, we're all scratching our heads saying, why does this guy have a job? You know, what, what has he done to prove that he deserved another year? I mean, here we are ranked last, you know, again in the NFL in, in special teams. And that's with McManus and his awesome leg, you know, um, that's just how bad we are. And man, I'm telling you, like, it's just, I'm, mm. yeah, I know. I know. That's I'm all worried. I'm worried. It's going to cost us a game or two. You should, because it will at least one. I think it's inevitable in this part of the season, in this part of the season, probably one of those, you know, like the Raiders game or the Browns game. And it's going to be really close and it's just going to depend on one of these kind of plays and we're not going to be able to handle it. But mm-hmm. We'll get there when we get there, I guess. We'll get there when we get there, and then we'll talk about it then, I guess. Absolutely. Um, Um, Yeah, any final thoughts on the Jets? Yeah, no. uh, In general, man, I I, I liked what I saw. Broncos country uh, came out, you know, loud and and proud and strong, and the stadium was roaring. Um, I was only – did you see that uh, that stat? The the number one team in fans attending a game this last weekend – was huh. the Broncos most that? fans in a stadium across oh. the United States this weekend was mile high. So that, yeah. that says something, right? I um, expect that trend to definitely continue this week. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think especially, you know um, it was, you know, hot, you know, it was still in the nineties out there in the game and stuff. And um, there are about 4,000 people that, did, that were no shows this next weekend supposed to be cooler. Um, this is a, a much you know, probably be a lot more exciting game, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, in our favor, <laughs> but um, I would like to think that's going to make it even uh, an even bigger deal, right? So, um, but yeah, so look, we got three and oh, and three and oh is three and oh. Um, 
it doesn't matter who you beat. That's who we beat. And so now we have a lot to look forward to as we move on. And it's, it's really playoffs or bust for the Broncos right now. Um, there's at this point, there's no reason we don't make the playoffs minus something weird happening where technicalities, you know, we're just barely, you know, I mean, injuries, out, but, honestly, at this point, yeah, we've had horrible luck with injuries again this year. And I'm not willing to say at any point, well, now our luck has to reset, right? Uh, law right. of averages, this, that, and the other thing. Sometimes that's just not how it works. Ask the Chargers. Um, right. Yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll just cro- have to cross our fingers and hope that's going to be what I'm keeping an eye on most. Well, talking about weird things really quickly, how about the, the Chiefs losing two games in a row? Yeah. Uh, oh, one and two. Chiefs at the very bottom of the division. Raiders and Broncos sharing the lead at 3-0. and just like everybody predicted, right? Right, just like everyone predicted. I know that's what I was saying. And the Raiders going into overtime against the Jake Brisket uh, uh, Dolphins. There, yeah. You know, when we get to the Raiders week, you know, Raiders aren't, you know, uh, just powerhouses either. I think, you know, we can. Their defense um, got exposed a little bit this week. They've been playing really well on defense. Um, that offense is for real, but that mm-hmm. defense, I think, got a little bit exposed. Um, you know, just previewing ahead to. I am really excited to see what this Broncos defense does to the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben is washed. He is <laughs> oh phys- God, yes. He is physically Peyton Manning from 2015, mm-hmm. and every Broncos fan knows how ex- exactly how bad that looked. Yep. And I am really, really excited to see what the Broncos defense does against him. But yep. uh, coming up this week, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. We will talk about it uh, tomorrow night on Bourbon Broncos No BS. We will talk about it on the pregame podcast. We will talk about it on the free on tailgate talk uh, before the game. There is going to be plenty of Broncos versus Ravens coverage coming up this week. I think we just about covered Broncos versus Jets, though. I think we've put, think said so. all there is to say, won't you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else to before we end this with our traditional ending, Kevin? No, man. I think uh, you hit all the shows. You know, the last one was uh, a couple others um, because here at Orange Weekly we got. Uh, a ton of content Monday night, orange weekly after dark, 9 PM mountain time uh, usually. And then we also got uh, the halftime hash as well. Uh, so whenever halftime is live, make sure you check us out. We are the original live halftime show. Um, so make sure you, uh, you come on by and say hi. Uh, and just remember guys, we're, we're all about you. Um, you know, when you're watching our shows and stuff, our whole purpose is to interact and, and talk and, and answer your questions and your comments. You know, you're not going to find that a lot of other places. Um, so, um, but it, it's, it's awesome to have Broncos country come together again and being able to go to the games uh, and just feeling that sense of community um, and seeing all the people out there is just, it's uh it's a sight for sore eyes. That's for sure. Um, that's and right. there's a lot of football left to be played. You know, we've had a strong start. Um, you know, we're, we're going to just, I'm, I'm going to not jinx it. It's just had factor of nature. We're not going to have a perfect schedule this year. Uh, so what does this team do, uh, when things get tough, you know, and, uh, I think we're in a good, um, I think we've got good leadership both in, in the locker room and on the coaching side. Um, and, uh, orange weekly is going to be here to cover all of it and, uh, good, bad, or ugly. Um, uh, we've been here since, uh, it's our sixth year now. So, you know, after the Super Bowl, when things start getting rough for us, uh, we're not going anywhere, and uh, we'll be here to, to talk about it all with you guys uh, moving forward. So Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Super excited to talk about Broncos with you guys all year long. Awesome. Well, David, again, thanks for everything, bud. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Um, I'm going to make my uh, prediction for, uh, for this next week. The Broncos are going to have an opening drive touchdown. Um, 
you know, if I keep predicting it, it's going to be correct. Eventually, it's going to be um, true, huh? which is kind of yeah. what you know how easy the pregame podcast is. But that, nevertheless, I'm glad you're able to hop on today, man. That is a time-tested strategy from the pregame podcast. It is, <laughs> it is, I think, still a little bit more more difficult than <laughs> Jets versus Broncos box score. Oh. Okay. All right. Great. You have to bring some life to it, man. I mean, anybody can just read a box score, but you got to bring some life to it. That's what we're here for. We're bringing you life. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, Make sure you share this. Tell your friends about Orange Weekly uh, and come check us out on our shows and uh, love to talk to y'all. But David, with that being said, uh, I think as always, ended on a very strong Go Go Broncos. Broncos. Take care, everyone.